Hello and welcome to the Recon Rod. I'm Dane Cash. And I am Cosmo Catalano. And we're here to talk about the final monument classic of the 2019 season, Il Lombardia, the race of the falling leaves. I like it. kind of like the old name better. Uh, the Giro di Lombardia? Yeah, it's just a little more descriptive. Yeah. I'll let you know it's, and if you try to Google Il Lombardia or Lombardia or... You kind of you end up with like tourism results, which I guess is is also I, the, the the organizers kind of want that, but yeah, I feel I'm, like you want to look up the race. Give yeah. it a decade, I'm sure it'll eventually settle, yeah, just, or maybe they'll just change the, it again. Yeah, that's true. They, they, I mean, props to RCS for being willing to play with the formula a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's also it's not like it's a new race. This is we're coming up on 113 Il Lombardi us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah right if it were latin right i don't know if it Mm -hmm. yeah uh in lombardia is fantastic race Uh, it comes at a time of the season when i think a lot of people have started to turn off which is a a bit unfortunate because it it has been entertaining uh basically as long as i can remember uh it's a beautiful race that rides along the shores of Lake Como and uh, up some of the nearby hills and mountains uh it's got quite a long history and one thing that I really like about this race, it doesn't just close out really the the road season for a number of riders. Of course, some riders continue on to race a couple of other events, but for a lot of for a lot of guys, this is the last race of the year. Uh, it also kind of caps off a really entertaining series of Italian one day races uh, that has been going on for the past uh, two weeks or so. Uh, None of those races other than in Lombardia is a world tour event for, for reasons unbeknownst to me, but most of them draw really impressive start lists. Uh, and, and they give us a great, you know, what the UCI likes to go for with this calendar on the world tour scale, uh, a narrative, uh, of, of races leading up to Il Lombardia. So we're recording this on Thursday. Egan Bernal just won essentially the last of the run up races, Gran Piemonte. Uh, Primus Roglic won Trevale Valerina the other day. He also won the Giro della Miglia. Uh, Michael Woods won Milano Torino. There's all these smaller, but, but nonetheless still pretty big, uh, one day events that kind of give us the growing hype heading into, yeah, they, uh, in Lombardia. They really got to rebrand this kind of as like the, the fall classics or something. Although I bet that name is taken. Um, but I, it, it's, yeah, it's like you said, it's a really well attended, like it's, it's almost, I feel like the issue in cycling is more these days that you get a lot of big races that no one wants to do. And here you have these kind of little races with great, great start lists. And they're like hotly, hotly contested. Uh, it is a little weird. I think this year though, we won't get, we won't get a look at the new world champion because he's not, this is not really a race for him. Yeah. Yeah. Lombardia, not really his, his style. Well, I think it's also been a little bit weird that we've had particularly punchy, uh, world champions recently. That has kind of balanced it out as opposed to, you know, pure sprinters because they, they're not going to go to Lombardia or at least they're not going to go to it to win. They have no chance at Lombardia. We'll talk about why in a second. Although you're listening to the recon ride, you probably know a fair bit about it, Lombardia and the fact that it's a very hilly one day race. Uh, one of the most climber friendly one day races on the world tour calendar. Pretty unique, I think, in that it is, uh, a race that pure GC guys can win. Uh, and, and have won. It's, it's been a race over the past few years that we've seen guys who pretty much have no other one day racing, uh, big results have come to this race and won here. Uh, Thibaut Pino, last year's winner. Esteban Chavez won uh, Colombia's first ever, 
monument classic. And basically, it was it was for these guys. It was Il Lombardia, and you know, win here and there at these other uh, aforementioned Italian kind of second tier one days, and and that's it. Uh, it's a race that you don't really need to have the one day skill set apparently to come away with the win. It certainly helps. We can talk about that in a little bit. I, I think it may be more you don't you don't find yourself using the one day skill set. I think you still have to have it. I think you still have to have that kind of that cunning and thoughtfulness. For that, you know, all-out effort for the one day versus kind of grinding people down at a stage race. You know, you don't. Chris Froome is not a good example, um, but other than Nibali, you don't have you don't have a tour winner on this on this finishing list if, for for years. I, I think this really kind of is where the guys who GC and kind of only GC get found out uh, versus the guys who have that that canny one day racing ability kind of shine here. I think we're gonna we're gonna see some of that. Uh, whether that whether or not that plays out this year, because two of the big contenders, and we'll get to this in a bit, are definitely GC riders. Um, and and with, I think with Froome being a, a pretty interesting case, because he just doesn't really race uh, after the Tour and the Welta in the past couple of years. Uh, that may be changing, and, and yeah, I don't want to like overhype it, but we, we may have a Tour winner, I think, this year. So we'll get to the contenders and talk about that. But first, let's talk about the route for Il Lombardia. So in Lombardia 2019, uh, the race has a history of kind of bouncing back and forth uh, between going from Bergamo to Como or Como to Bergamo. But for the third straight year, we're going Bergamo to Como at Il Lombardia with a route that is quite similar to last year's, uh, actually, except for the fact that last year's race had to make a, a late change to the final climb due to landslides. Uh, that original climb is back for this year's edition. Uh the race takes on a number of very challenging climbs, particularly in the finale that adds up to quite a bit of elevation gain. Uh, after leaving Bergamo, they they roll over the Colle Gallo, the Colle Brianza, and then comes the second half, or really the final third of this race, which is a lot of up and down. There's the iconic Madonna del Guisalo, the Moro de Sormano, and then this one-two punch of climbs at the very end of the race inside the last uh, just over 20K. Uh, Chiviglio and San Fermo della Battaglia have generally been the place that the winning attacks have come in this race. Yeah, we had a different set of climbs at the finish last year. Uh, kind of the Monte Olimpino was the climb that was subbed in. It's not quite as uh, as big a one-two finish as we one-two punch at the finish as we have this year. Still, I think we can expect a relatively similar finale this time around where you have this gap between an absolutely decisive climb in the in the Sormano and then kind of a, a rolling the flat section where you really need to have a breakaway companion or be super strong. I think there's, you know, you we saw it last year where you had a had a breakaway of twos followed by a larger group. It really, you know, that that politics within that smaller chasing group is is very important to the chase. And then you kind of get into these final climbs where it's do or die. Well, descending skills are extremely important here as well. I mean, obviously you need to you need to be able to climb well with it with a the Chiviglio having a gradient around ten percent after two hundred and twenty k. You need to climb well, but descending has proven really important in the last couple of years. Vincenzo Nibali's first win here back in twenty fifteen. Uh, he essentially descended his way to victory, and then when Thibaut Pinot won here last year, 
I think it was a great sign that his descending skills had come a long way. That was always something that was uh, viewed as a, a, a minus in his skill set. Uh, and he descended quite well last year. Uh, you need to be able to go up as well as down. Also, it's it's fall in Italy. You never really know what the weather's going to do. So you have this finale that presents a number of storylines. And after the, the riders come into it, having climbed quite a bit already, uh, there is almost always... Uh, some action in the final kilometers. This is this is not a race uh, where you're going to be able to just hang on and do nothing and hope you can sprint for the win. That certainly has not worked the past couple of years. I mean, you you can't even hang on and do nothing and hope to climb for the win. You That's really true. <laughs> you really need activity in this race. You know, I mean it it it's 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 not a summit finish, so probably that would never be a viable strategy. But there really is a lot of racing kind of throughout the day, but especially after the Gisalo climb. Um, it's in its own right. The climb is maybe not as decisive as it could be, but it's a lot like, well, it's not like Arnberg because Arnberg can definitely end your race and it would be tough for you to end your race on uh, the Gazzalo. Um, but it's, it's just kind of a nice visual starting point you get each year to when things really start to shake out when that brake is getting caught, when kind of second year favorites are trying to take that long shot or help out a final team leader. Uh, it's yeah, I I like the finale. I think it's a great race for an active racer, and it makes for good uh good viewing. The one time I can think of a, a small sprint to win this race, I mean, it was 2016. It was a three rider battle, and Esteban Chavez won that sprint. Just to give you a sense of how not sprinter friendly this is, Esteban Chavez is a lot of things. He's not a sprinter. He's and, not. He's uh, not uh, not a big guy. And he beat uh, Rigoberto Uran, who does have some finishing speed, uh, who, who has been known to do quite well in finishes uh, that, that come down to a small group. But after this race, it, it apparently it just didn't matter because Chavez was so much fresher and, and Uran's finishing speed that year just didn't really didn't seal the deal. And uh, Chavez actually took the win anyway, even though he was maybe the, the third guy people were looking at in that sprint with Diego Rosa and Rigoberto Oran. So this is a, it's, it's just a, it's an interesting race. It's, it's a race that, uh, if you're a pure climber, you got a chance here. Uh, let's talk about some of the guys who might factor in this year's race. So the startless for in Lombardia this year does not feature the defending champion Thibaut Pino. Unfortunately, he's uh, he basically just closed the season after the Tour de France. It's, it's, goat, it's, it's goat farming season in the fall, man. <laughs> yeah, gotta get that, out there with the animals. That's true. He does love Italy, so it's a shame that he won't be here. Uh, neither will Julian Alaphilippe, who has been second at the race in the past, and you'd think would have a great skill set. Does have a great skill set, really? For Il Lombardia. He looked a little tired at Worlds. Yeah, he does. He, he, you can understand why he would call it a season. Without those two riders, there's still there, there's two clear guys, I think, heading into this race who have shown their form at those one-day run-up races we mentioned. Primoz Roglic, the Vuelta España champion, and the Tour de France winner Egon Bernal both have victories leading into the race, as we mentioned. Uh, both, they're pretty good climbers, I think it's fair to say. Uh Neither one has that much one-day experience, but I think it's going to come down to a showdown between these two riders. Uh, Roglic, 
might have the edge in the descending. I mean, Bernal's a fine descender, and we've seen him do great things in descents in the past. Um, I, I'm not sure who has the edge kind of in the explosive climbing department. Egon Bernal certainly can put in a, a turn of pace on a steep climb. So I'm thinking this comes down to a battle, and, and, and these two guys are going to be there at the end. I, I'm more interested, almost more interested, in the battle between their two teams here because they're both bringing really good squads. Uh, Sky hasn't always had the best experience with one-day races. Um, Jumbo Visma isn't a towering, you know, example of one-day dominance either. But it's it's it. I you you have these squads that are almost GC teams, and I'm kind of curious to see how they how they play out. I thought Gianni Moscon rode really well at Worlds, uh, enough to the point that people were tweeting, "Please anyone but Moscon." Um, I, I think he'll be a huge factor in the finale here, but I'm also looking at, you know, guys like Sepp Kuss who really showed up at the Vuelta, you know, how are they going to factor in with, with Rolic? And ah, just, I think it's a great matchup. Beyond those two guys, beyond those two, you know, pre-race favorites, Alejandro Valverde is a rider who I think you always have to mention as a contender for this race. It's a hilly one day. Uh, he has been the most successful rider in hilly one day events over the past Decade, decade or so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is this is a race that really suits his skill set, and he's looked great in the uh, in the run up races. He hasn't actually won any of them, but he was second at both the GP Bruno Bergelli and the uh, Milano Torino. Another guy with a strong team. I mean, Nairo Quintana's on that team, and uh, oh yeah, well, because we know how well Movistar works together. That's true. Well, they just just look at all the strong names. They're bringing on the they're bringing Nick Alanda as well, so this should be a fun oh, one. I know what it's a always party. great. It might oh, be the last man. time we see him together. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Vincenzo Nibali also on the start list. He has not had the same success in the past couple of weeks as some of these other guys we've mentioned. Uh, he hasn't really made a huge impact at the uh, one days. On the other hand, he is a two-time winner and has won uh, those two races actually pretty recently. So you'd think Nibali should be one of the big names everybody's going to be watching uh, this year at Il Lombardia. We have the Canadian Michael Woods, who is kind of known for close calls, but coming into this with a win. Um, you know, it, I, I think this is, this might be the most EF thing ever to finish out the season with a bunch of great results that nobody sees because it's the end of the season. Um, uh, but he's got a good team. He's got, uh, he's got Sergio Aguita, who's had some great results recently. He's got Alex Howes, who was in the break at Worlds. Uh, it's, you know, it's a strong tip. EF isn't, for a team that has a lovable loser's reputation, EF is a strong squad. Um, yeah, I think they actually stack up pretty well for this one. And and Woods, when he won the other day, was dominant. I mean, he just attacked, attacked, attacked in the finale and finally got clear. Um, tactics are, are important, obviously, but he showed he was on really good form, just pulling away from Valverde at the end there. That's not something that is done very easily. Uh, former winner Dan Martin has not had the best season, I think, by his standards. Wins have been pretty hard to come by. Uh, in his uh, final year with the UAE Team Emirates squad. But he does have the skill set for this race. It's a race that he has done very well at in the past. He won back in 2014. He's been on the podium uh, before as well. And he's also got a, a really strong team. I mean, Diego Ulissi, another rider who should, given his skill set, uh, be able to contend in this race. Rui Costa as well. They they have riders who are, are pretty built for this kind of race. Uh, UAE Team Emirates hasn't had that much success here, but you think that they should. Maybe maybe they'll turn it around this year. Who knows? Mitchelson Scott's bringing a pretty strong squad. We talked about Esteban Chavez being a, a previous winner here. Uh, also on the roster is Adam Yates, uh, who's I think the stronger of the two Yates's size, Yates senses, Yates's 
in the uh, in the one day department, and you know he's saying that makes him almost sound like he's not so much of a Grand Tour contender. But I mean, he has a perfect skill set for this event. I think with the with the ability to ride that you know that that kind of Grand Tour ability with the one day savvy lines up very well with this course. Yeah, definitely. Uh, David Gaudu is a guy that people have been kind of talking about as an up and comer for a little while now, and he's looked really good at uh, the Italian One Days so far. Top fives in uh, GP Bruno Bagelli and Milano Torino. He's just 23 years old, but you know he's going to get the leadership nod for his team because there's no Thibaut Pino here, and who knows what happens when when he actually has the full support behind him? Maybe maybe something big. Jakob Fulsong, uh coming off a pretty strong year. Got that big win at Liège uh, with, you know, all sorts of exciting things happening on the descent, which, you know, not necessarily what you want coming into this race. But he's got a strong team behind him. It's Astana. Uh, you know, you've got both Izagires, which I think is going to confuse everyone. Yeah, you know, he's good. He, he is. He is good. No, yeah, yeah. A lot of pseudo. Tim Wellens, Tej Benut should let out the race as they always do. It would be great, I think, to see one of them finally pull it off. Pretty much always attacking, particularly in this race. Uh, track with uh, Bakamolama, Giulio Ciccone, who's had a great year. Uh, both of those guys, I think, strong dark horses for this race. Uh, Molama with some one-day winning experience. He's, of course, won the Classica San Sebastian. And Ciccone, I think, really turned it on this year and, and proved that he's uh, a rider to watch on the climbs. Uh, we mentioned Quickstep, no Julian Alaphilippe. Philippe Gilbert is a former winner at Il Lombardia. There was a time when he was a great Lombardia rider. I think that time is long gone. He's really remade himself into a rider for the less mountainous classics. Yeah, he did win twice in, in 09 and 2010 at this race. Since then, has not had the same success, and, and understandably so. You still got to mention him. I will say, Gilbert, Gilbert crashed out early at Worlds, and Belgium looked kind of lost without him. I'm wondering if he's in good form and they were really banking on him. He seemed kind of crushed with his departure. Plus, he's got Remy Cavagna on his team who did like 60K of work kind of leading into the finale of that race. Uh, this this is a pretty strong squad. I, I Depending on, you know, what sort of form Gilbert is in, because, you know, he tends to win races by surprise now. Uh, this could be an upset. They've got Youngles. They've got uh, Enric Moss as well. And there's definitely talent there. I think they could go in, in any number of directions with this race. Davide Formolo and Emmanuel Bookman with the Bora Hands Grow a squad. More dark horses. Uh, Pierre Latour for AG2R. I think are the guys you can watch. Yeah, I think that's that's what I've got my eye on. Want to make some predictions? Oh, like I said, I really like the storyline of these two these two guys on these two teams matching up really well. I'm going to give the nod to Primo Rolich over Egan Bernal. One two. You know, I think I think we see a really active finale. I think each of them have another teammate in the mix as things shake out after the Sormano. Um, you know, it's the I I want to point at the descending thing, but I Bernal is no slouch on the descent. He's had some cratches, but he gets after it. So let's give it to him in a two-up sprint, uh, third place. You know what? Let's go with Mikel Landa. Let's let's say he and he and Valverde don't get along, and we have a contentious finale from the Movistar squad. <laughs> All right, I I'm going to go with uh, Bernal to take the win ahead of Roglic. I think that the number of times we've seen Bernal uh, go for an objective and come up short, 
uh, there's not a lot of those times that have happened. They, they've been generally due to crashes or or, uh, or health issues. When he's been in a race that he is targeting, he tends to leave everybody behind. So I'm really looking forward to seeing if that happens against the premium talent that is Primoz Roglic on Saturday. Uh, third place, let's give it to Valverde. I think another Lombardia podium could be in his future. Uh, although it'd be cool to see a guy like Mike Woods or one of the up and comers, David Gaudu, get up there. I, I do think, uh, Valverde is gonna, gonna close out the season strong. So yeah, that's how we, that's how we see it. I hope you get a chance to watch the race. It's, it's the last monument of the year. And then you gotta wait all the way till March. That's gonna do it for us this year. Hope you've enjoyed the season. Hope you enjoy El Lombardia. This has been the Recon Ride. I'm Dane Cash. And I'm Cosmo Catalano. And that's our show. 